This year really is about building connections, collaborations, community, and with it will come your future clients. I'm absolutely sure of it. Hello and welcome to the show where today we're talking about the most powerful marketing trends of 2023. Anybody who knows me personally knows I am always looking for what's working now, who's crushing it on some platform or in some domain or another, because let's face it, most of the gurus we're all staring at did it 10 years ago and things have been slightly different since then. So just a scene set here, this is not a copy and paste episode from HubSpot of their Marketing Trends 2023, which was probably a copy and paste of 2022 with a couple of extras added. I am not assuming that you have a team of 10 marketeers in the background that can do all of these things for you. We're talking about creating a marketing plan for solopreneurs who need to get more leads, clients and or members into their business. So this all comes from a piece of work that I've been doing where I've been creating a business plan for our visa application. And in the previous episode, I talked about three key critical parts of that business plan that are really useful for every entrepreneur to know. But here's what we're going to cover in today's episode. First of all, the trends. So what changes have happened with audiences, with consumers, because you are one of them. And if you think about it, you will have noticed these things too in your own buying experiences. Number two, I'm going to share the offline is not dead. And I'm going to share 20, 20, at least 20 different ideas that you can copy, steal, run with today to do your creative marketing. And the other thing we're going to cover is about AI and chat GPT, how that changes the landscape for marketing, including the product or service you actually offer as part of your business. So let's face it, Most of us, we fell into creating a business who might be coaching out of a passion. And somewhere along the road, we felt that because we were online and we're in this modern world, everything revolves around being online and therefore everything probably revolves around social media. You perhaps found a social media guru like I did, you know, some seven figure something who 10 years ago absolutely crushed it in a Facebook group or absolutely crushed it on Instagram or one of those other platforms. Well, if you're like me, you probably spent 500 quid on their course. You stuck it on a credit card and you thought that this Instagram course, at some point, this is my marketing strategy. And you forgot about everything else. That just became your sole focus because it sapped all of your time producing content for it. And now you're putting all of your best content out there at a surface level connection on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is. And the results are, well, they're dissatisfactory. You know that there's something missing. Perhaps you've even dabbled a little bit with Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads, and you found that you've lost a lot of money or trying to work with an expert meant you need to to spend between one and 10 or 20,000 pounds a month. So in this episode, I'm sharing part two of my business plan. And if you haven't listened, you can go back and check it. But I'm also sharing a discussion that we recently had on our mastermind of female entrepreneurs that I work with. And in that discussion, there were so many creative ideas that we came up that got our creative juices thinking that we can start to put into a marketing plan, which ultimately is part of your marketing and business strategy. So let's say you want to grow to X number of clients. You want to grow to have an audience of X number. You want um, a thousand raving fans or members in your membership program. The marketing plan is there just to support you and to facilitate that actually happening. Because on that top of that funnel, if if nobody is putting anything out there and there's nothing much going on that's 
making people aware of you and then informing and educating them about the problem and what you do and how you can solve it, then ultimately nobody's going to be joining your programs. Nobody's going to be buying from you. So the marketing plan is like a critical piece of the puzzle here, folks. And this is where we need to put some creative effort in. And it's actually really fun when you get going. So I'm going to share an absolute ton of my own marketing plan in here. And I'm also going to share some of those creative ideas that came up during that session. But first of all, I want you to remember 2023, one of the key things that's really important at the moment is community and helping by lifting others up. I would love for you, and they will thank you for this too, to share this episode with another entrepreneur who you know might want to adopt any one of these marketing reasons, who's also struggling with marketing their business or with just like another idea to add to their own marketing plan. Please take a screenshot, take the link from this episode and share it with them because this year really is about building connections, collaborations, community, and with it will come your future clients. I'm absolutely sure of it. Okay, so we're going to start off by looking at the trends that have been happening over the last 12 months, how things have changed from how we used to do business, how we used to buy things, what we used to buy. There are lots of audience changes. We know that mindfulness, wellness, um, anxiety has been talked about a lot more. ADHD has become quite a buzz topic as well. Lots of sort of woke conscious living is becoming a massive thing. You only have to do a bit of Google research, Google Analytics research, and you'll notice that the number of searched for wellness, yoga, meditation, mindfulness retreats and workshops, the number that have been searched for have gone through the roof. And you can be part of this if you're part of this industry. There's also a lot of growing craft work. So for example, you'll notice on the television, there was the pottery craft work. There's um, the Bake Off. All of these sorts of things are about crafts and crafts have made a massive comeback over the last few years. Since the pandemic, when everybody went offline and sort of re-engaged with nature, but all of those sorts of things. The other thing that's happening with trends is we're seeing a lot more human to human interaction. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. You can check out Amy Porterfield, any one of her programs now. It doesn't matter if it's low ticket or high ticket. There's a a hell of a lot more options to chat with a person, submit a question, whether it's a, a voice note or whether it's a video question about the product or service you're about to buy. People, even at low ticket, and I can't stress this enough, even at low ticket, even if you're selling an event for £79, Somebody wants to ask somebody a question and they want that to be easy to do. Think of yourself. I want to easily be able to fire somebody a message on social media and get a response. I want to be encouraged and offered the ability to do that because let's face it, we all know you can fire these things off into the black hole and not know if you're going to get a response. So keep it easy, low resistance and allow plenty, absolutely plenty of opportunity for your clients to have a human connection. And this, my friends, is where smaller coaches, therapists or, you know, networks, smaller solopreneurs really have the edge because you have the time to be so personable with your audience. You can have that conversation and you can take every single one of their questions that you that they submit. You can anonymize it or make up a random name and photo and stick it on your social media so that it can answer anybody else who has also that same daft question, but doesn't ask. You know what it's like. No one wants to be the stupid person in the room asking the daft questions. 
But when your clients are asking it or your leads because they want to buy from you, then share it with everybody else. Add it to your Q&A section and add it to your social media so somebody else can think, aha, I now have the answer to my question. Also saves your time as well. Invite those questions. Okay, another thing that people really want now is to understand what can they expect. Now, let's face it, we have done a lot of buying digital courses, memberships, um, all sorts of things like that over the last, probably booming in the last five years, the knowledge industry. Behind that paywall, we are fatigued by the fact that we have to trust that behind it is the answer to our questions. And a lot more and more people are saying, why should I pay for coaching? What am I going to get out of it? What's in it for me? Is it really going to solve my problem? Sharing behind the scenes about how you work, a real expectation of what to expect, sharing that on the podcast, sharing that on your socials, sharing that on your YouTube channel, sharing that in any way you can will be really helpful so that people know what they're actually getting for their money because there is a cost of living crisis and you do have to be mindful that that's going to impact on people's spending decisions. People are fatigued by the behind the paywall. And this brings me on to something else. So we talk about chat GPT, we talk about AI, we talk about all of these new tools and how they might take over our jobs, take over all of the things that we're doing, or they might make our lives easier and allow us to generate a blog post in five minutes, which I know some of the coaches in my industry are actually doing. Oh, it feels so icky, doesn't it? To use that, to cheat, to use these tools. Here's the thing that I know is going to be a problem for when it comes to selling your digital courses or your digital products that give information. If you have any courses or material that's offering information to something, bear in mind AI and the growth and expansion of new search mechanisms, so a new Google search or the equivalent using AI, that's going to mean that somebody can literally go to one of these AI tools and they can get the seven steps to lose weight. They can get the five steps to start a website they'll get this information at their, at their fingertips. They just have to ask the question and, well, AI is the expert and everyone therefore makes them the expert. So the information is going to be so easy to access. And you're thinking, great. So all that knowledge I have about my specialist subject that I teach other people, I can no longer make money from it, Sue? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Here's what I'm saying. Your added value must be in helping clients to implement what they've learned, to actually transform and put it into practice. And this can be in so many ways. It could be in the how and the why you do, something which we definitely can't get from a series of steps on AI responses. It might be from giving them accountability. It might be from giving them community. And here's another big hit when it comes to marketing. People are often staying in membership simply because of the people they met and the communities and groups that they're in and they don't want to lose them and not necessarily because of all the value and information you're throwing at them. Let that sink in. This is a lesson to all of us. Less can be more. It really can. So now we've established some of the things that are happening in 2023, some of the key trends with our consumers and some of the key key trends with AI and how that's going to impact on it. But now I want to share with you a little bit more about offline and online and tactics. And I'm going to share with you at least 20 different ways that you can market your business. Strap in, your creative juices are about to get flowing. So first off, the myth. Offline is absolutely not, critically not dead. We live offline. Despite the metaverse and the creation of all that kind of stuff, 
we are still very much living in a real world and that gives you opportunity to connect with your audience. So here's the thing, we need to we need to acknowledge that there are offline and online ways. And when you're thinking about niching and ideal client avatars, I want to give you a new perspective on this because I feel that some of us, we've become so engrossed with working with that 35-year-old woman from Coventry who needs to help with setting up her website. That, that, sort of, that sort of ICA, that sort of means we can talk to that person in some of our messaging, but we then switch off other people. I want you to instead think that there are a lot of people that are engaging with content and engaging with people and working with people that you can help that have a shared problem or a shared goal. It's like Apple. They're not just there for creators and web developers. It's for families and anyone who believes in their use of technology as their best use of technology to improve their lives. They stand for something more. There's a big why behind it. Just like there's a big why behind why you want people to be healthy and nutrition, you know, and why you want them to lose weight or why you want them to do whatever it is you help your clients do. So focus on that and that's the person you're talking to. Okay, so we know when it comes to building a business, you've probably been there, you've probably done what I did, built a course, expected them to come, they didn't show up. So now we must go and get them. We must fill the top of our funnel. And there's kind of this like pyramid shape where you start off by social media posts, you do guest blogging, you do networking, you build up to being a blogger yourself, having a podcast, having a YouTube channel, becoming an author, and then becoming an expert speaker. And to be an expert in your domain, you need to try and attack as many of the bottom layers as you can so that you can move up. And it is, it is starting in the lane that you're in. So we can't build it and they will come. So we need to be creative and think, all right then, where are all the places where my target customer, my target audience, my ideal client, my niche are now? Where are all the places they show up? Where do they go? Do they go to the hairdressers? Do they go to gyms? Are they using taxis and buses? Are they driving around all day? Are they driving around some of the day at certain times? Do they go past the civic center where there's an advert for Slimming World every single week? Where are they are likely to see flyers and banners? And yes, this sort of offline stuff is still very real. I dropped in a load of flyers at my local salon and I said, hey, could you just put these on the table? People talk about them. It's like, oh, that's that client. That's that lady that comes in. She has this podcast. That's what she does. And no, people don't all walk off with the flyers, but they check it out. They check it out and they tell other people about it or if somebody mentions it and they become a listener. And I'm going to ask you again to share this episode with somebody and lift them up and help them out with these ideas. When it comes to thinking offline, there are so many different things that we can't see, that we're not aware of. There are things that are going on in your own community. There'll be groups of meetups. There'll be mums meetups. There'll be opportunities to work with other organizations. Chances are there's companies in your area where you can be an employee benefit by saying, I do sessions for your company, for the employees here. And that's how you get noticed. There's traditional PR. You can pitch to news, magazines, radio. You can do all of these things that will reach your audience offline. Then there's human to human connection. So the networking that you already do and probably even joining other groups where, you know, it's just like a a complementary type of um, connection to your industry. So there's not a direct connection, it's classed as an indirect connection. 
you've got your weekly blog, you can do an email newsletter, you've got your web presence, you can do guest blogging on other sites, you can even sign up to Medium and put some of your posts on there. Then we know we've got traditional social media, we can do LinkedIn, we can do Instagram, we can do Facebook, we can do LinkedIn articles, we can do LinkedIn newsletters. Whichever ones are going to help to target your audience the best, they're the ones that you want to focus on. Going back to the offline methods, you've got bars, you've got pubs and restaurants. They've probably all got some form of advertising, flyer, leaflet, sticker on the back of all those toilet doors. They've probably all got the opportunity for you to run events there or speak at other people's events. And here's a good one. If you head over to Google and you type in your keyword for your subject and you add on the word event or summit or conference or meetup or speaker application, you will find events that you can speak at, that you can volunteer your services for, or you can collaborate with, support and engage in the initial stages. There are opportunities for you to network, to get your credibility known and to be out there even more. There's also the opportunity for you to sign up to one of these websites where you can get magnetic signs printed to go on your car, to go on your friends' cars, your husband's cars, their vans, anything like that, that can help to get your name out there. Remember to keep it brief. All they want to see is either a picture of you or a picture of your logo and the name of what you do and a contact. Keep it simple, keep it large as possible and you can get those for about £40 online. Business cards are not a complete waste of money either anymore. In fact, I get so few business cards when I go to a networking event that the few I get, I actually cling on to. I actually keep them in my purse. I actually get them out every now and then think, oh, I need to speak to that person or I could give it to somebody else who might find it helpful. So never underestimate the value of traditional marketing strategies. When it comes to any of these things, they can be really helpful. Joining parts of joining groups and offering to speak is really, really valuable. Then of course, going back online, we've got paid advertisement. We can do Facebook ads, we can do Google ads, and they're not as complicated as you think. And they can supplement your organic reach. I'd also encourage you to be the go-to expert by suggesting yourself as a guest on other podcasts, especially in your niche, because that will really help to target the types of people that are prepared to read your stuff. There's also probably a lot of local newsletters and local distributed press that you don't even realize. And that's where your unique ability will allow you to do amazing things. But I really hope that talking about the marketing trends, and we've covered a lot here, we've covered your 10x unique ability, we've talked about, covered AI and how that's changing the landscape, we've covered lots of um, ideas for marketing, we've covered lots of trends that are happening right now. And hopefully, if you are a solopreneur, if you're a coach, a therapist, If you are working on getting clients, leads, members into your business, you find this incredibly useful. Don't forget to share the episode and enlighten somebody else's day. Give them some ideas and some creative juices. And I can't wait to hear your feedback on this episode over on Instagram. It's at I am Sue Parker. Have a fantastic week, folks. I am rooting for you. Congratulations for showing up and being one of the 8% that actually turn their dreams into reality. I appreciate you for listening and I am committed to helping you improve the quality of your life. For more resources, make sure you check out the show notes underneath. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. And remember, you are incredible. And if you dream it, you can achieve it.